All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation Hello and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown Show, a hoop ball presentation. This episode is brought to you by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Get some delicious coffee from Hawaii, taste the Kona difference, head over to HawaiianIsles.com or Amazon and get some coffee. My name is Adrian Benjamins. I am joined as per usual every Sunday night by Captain Kurt Beach. Kurt, how are you, brother? Adrian, I am living the dream, good man. I am excited to be here and talking with you and giving our listeners as much guidance and help as we can. Man, I'm, I'm, Kurt, you've, you have quickly become one of my favorite co-hosts. I look forward to this Sunday to chat with you, man. And we got a pretty, 
um, pretty good slate of games to talk about. I think there's some interesting storylines in some of these games. And, you know, you and I were talking before we hit record on this, and it's it's somewhat quiet as far as news goes. Would you would you agree with that? I would agree. And and maybe like on a, a, a normal year, this is probably par for the course, but this year has gotten off to such a crazy start with so many long-term injuries, the 225 game suspensions, I, I guess actually three um, if you factor in. I think it's Wilson Chandler, mm, but nobody, nobody owns him. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> com- compared to that like tempo that we've been used to, it definitely, I would say, has been a quieter weekend. Yeah, it, but you know what? You are right. The I I feel like every year I feel this way that oh my gosh, this is the worst season ever for injuries. And then I remember, I think I said that last year. So, yes. but man, this it just feels crazy. Like every single week, somebody's going down. And um, are you are, how how bad is it in on your teams? Are like do you have any teams where you just decimated or have you been pretty good of or lucky in avoiding all the injuries brother i do not know how this is possible maybe maybe i targeted kind of same pockets of guys in each draft (laughs) i'm in seven leagues and i feel like i'm tiptoeing through a minefield and (laughs) there's there's nothing no matter how much you research no matter how much you watch you can't prepare for these freak injuries for these suspensions no matter how quote-unquote safe your team is you just can't prepare for it and somehow in like all seven of my leagues i have i have some injuries but luckily they're in leagues where i have an ir you know i have a couple of bacas i have a lowry i have some ingrams but other than that knock on wood i haven't gotten bitten by that crazy injury bug of the four to six oh actually let me let me back up a step i do have marvin bagley in two leagues but it almost hasn't even affected me because it was, you know, one game in, so I threw him on an IR and kind of forgot about it. But other than that, like, I have somehow managed to avoid these injuries. Watch tomorrow. Three or four of my guys are going to go down with long-term injuries. <laughs> A big one that would kill me is Devin Booker. I feel like I have Devin Booker on every team. Nice. Adrian, how are your teams doing, man? Dude, in the Hoopball Staff League, I am getting killed. Uh, I got Karis LeVert. I got De'Aaron Fox. I got Kevin Herter. And then on top of that, I got a bunch of guys that are just... Miles Bridges might be my biggest yeah. miss of the season. And I, I drafted him everywhere thinking he was going to be a stud this year. He's just been atrocious. And so um, Kurt, I'm getting my butt kicked in the hoop ball staff league. And some, I mean, I'm in this league with, I mean, you guys know the hoop ball staff is one of the best in the industry. Just some absolute killers in this league. Um, Ethan Noroff, Eric Ong. So I'm just getting my butt handed to me in this league. And then in my home league, which is one that I probably care about the most, I got Karis LeVert um, in that league as well. So it's not great, but I've seen teams that have like four or five studs that are like down for multiple weeks. So uh, I can't complain too bad because I think pretty much everybody is dealing with something. So, Yo, Adrian, let me hit you up. In, this, in the Hoopball Staff League, let me get this right. You are Walter Frazier's suits, correct? 
No, 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 no. I'm just uh, Team Benjamins. Are you in division? What division are you in? I think there's one, two, and three. Okay, I'm in the. I'm in year two. Okay, hang on. Uh, oh, my team name's just called Adrian's team, but hang on. I'm gonna pull this up as we're speaking. Um, if that is true, that is crazy because. Either last week or the week before, we talked about Paul Millsap, and you mentioned how you went out and grabbed him in the yeah. football staff league. I grabbed and him in that league, in, yep. In the division I'm in, he was picked up at that same time you were saying that. Oh, that's So funny. because of that, I pegged you as this guy in the league who's number two. <laughs> I but, wish that was me, man. But, yeah, dude, I'm just getting killed in this league. Uh, Sorio Dishok is in here. Hank Aaron. Um, Riaz Danani. Um, Ethan Noroff I mentioned before I think Eric Ong is in here somewhere I'm just getting killed man I'm just it, like <laughs> I think right now in my matchup I'm I'm losing one to eight in my matchup right now it's just uh, it's it's just oh it's just so ugly and uh, I don't know man maybe like I I'm already kind of counting myself out for the playoffs which you know it's still don't early do it, but do it. I'm still hoping that my team can get strong for like. To, to to at least win some games later in the year, so uh, I can at least be respectable. But um, uh, let me see. I, I I got Anthony Davis, so of course that's not bad. Shea Gillis Alexander, um, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. He's finally starting to come around. I picked up Rashawn Holmes off the wire, uh, but other than that, man, I got a lot of guys like. Bryn Forbes at the end of my roster and Norman Powell. It's kind of ugly, dude. It's kind of ugly. <laughs> Anyways. Adrian, and- let, let me ask you this. I know we're going on a bit of a tangent here, but do you have any of these teams like I do where you're just looking at them on paper and you have minimal to no injuries and you're thinking, this is a good team. Yeah. I drafted really well here. I made some good pickups, yet somehow you're in the bottom quarter of the 12 or 14, 16 team standings. I'm, I'm looking, I have a couple teams like that and I'm looking at them. Uh, so for this one example, I have IT, I have Bam, I have Ubre, Embiid, Porzingis, Conley, uh, Devin Booker, Mitchell Robinson, Oladipo, wow. Serge Ibaka. I'm like, this looks like it should be a good team, but it is just getting just wiped out every weekend, every week out. Do you have any advice to our listeners if they're sitting at looking at a team that they think's a pretty solid team, you know, they have a bunch of the guys that we the hoop ballers have hyped up or any of the competitor sites that have hyped up, do you have any advice for them on on what to do when they're thinking, you know, I have this good-looking team, but I'm in the bottom of the standings, do I blow it up? Do you have any advice for these guys? Well, let me ask you, Kurt, is that team you're talking about is it a roto league? Or is it head it's to head? A, I should have clarified. It is a head to head league. Well, okay. So my advice in a head to head league is just don't freak out because things could turn for you in a positive way really quickly. And what I mean by that, you know, that team you mentioned, you got a couple guys like Serge Ibaka. I think there were a couple guys that aren't playing right now. Let's say those guys come back soon. And then let's say you also got a couple guys like I do. Um, who are underperforming and let's say they all of a sudden start rolling let's say you make one or two nice pickups off the wire your your team can all of a sudden become a powerhouse so my advice is just stick with it 
keep grinding and you never know when things are going to turn around for you now you mentioned i have that team in my home league i'm like 10th place out of 13 teams and i love my team i mean Kurt, i got trey young bradley beal john morant Bam oh, Adebayo, wow. Thomas Bryant, Fred Van Vliet that I drafted late. I picked up um, Daniel House, who I love, although he's been out recently. Okay. I, I picked up Rashawn Holmes off of the wire. I mean, um, I got Karis LeVert on IR. I love this team. Now, right now, yep. one of the reasons why I'm doing so bad, all these other teams in this league have played more games than me. So there's, yes. a, there's a games cap. So that's another thing. You guys, if you're in a Roto League and you're down in the standings, go to your games played. If all these other teams have played way more games than you, you got to take a look at that because either they are just way ahead in games or they're going to finish the season before you because they're going to hit that game limit and then they're going to be done and you're still going to have games to play and you're going to catch up. So I'm not freaking out. I know on paper... This team's pretty good, and that when I start catching up in games, I think I'm going to shoot up the standing. So, you know, you just got to take a look at the big picture. We've mentioned this numerous times. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And week-to-week leagues, one of the things I love about those head-to-head week-to-week leagues, you just shake it off if you get a bad loss. And you look at next week, and you're like, all right, man, like, you know, can I dump these guys that aren't, any good make some good pickups on the wire and you so it, it like in those head-to-head leagues it always feels like your fortune can change very quickly i don't know what do you think about that kurt adrian you are exactly right and i, I love the point you made about games played whether you're in roto with your games cap or you're in head-to-head you have to look at that like that team you just mentioned that sounds like an amazing team and If any of our listeners had a similar team, I would say do not do anything crazy. That is a great team. It'll come around. But I don't know if you've noticed this like I have, at least in head-to-head. I'm more of a head-to-head guy than Roto. But I have noticed a lot this year, which is kind of strange because the NBA took extra measures to spread out the games and make it so there were fewer, you know, uh, five games in a week or three games in five nights kind of thing to kind of spread the season out and limit load management. But I have had a lot of matchups where my team versus the other team, say in a perfect scenario, we're perfectly healthy. My team plays 30 games and the opponent has 45. 45! That's a third more games. Like, there is no way I'm winning any of that matchup besides maybe percentages and turnovers. And so I've noticed this a lot. So keep that in mind. If you're in a a situation like I am in a couple leagues where you're looking at your team, you know your team's got potential. It looks like a pretty good team on paper, but you're just kind of getting wiped out each week. Pay attention to the games played. That is that is very key. That's that's a great point, Adrian. Yeah, and you're absolutely right, man. When you're not playing as many games as your opponent by that much, it's it's really tough to um, get a victory so yeah that's that's rough and uh, Kurt I've never seen a season where so many guys are on load management which is really surprising because as you said you know they 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 made the season a little longer so that there's less back-to-backs there's less five game weeks and so um, it is really surprising to see all these guys on load management plan so 
I don't know, man. It's just something we're going to have to really get used to. And and um, maybe, you know, we might have to take that into account on draft day. Like, which guys are going to be get that load management treatment? I don't know. And it's, it's so crazy, too, though. Like, you have the usual suspects, you know, Kawhi, probably PG, uh, some of the superstars. But then we're seeing things come out of nowhere, like Ja Morant mm-hmm. and... Brandon Clark? What are they, 18, 19, 20? Yeah. It's so crazy right now. It is It is ridiculous, for sure. Um, yeah, like young kids getting, I mean, these guys should be able to run all day long. It is really ridiculous yeah. to see them get this, yeah, for sure. Anyways, Kurt, I think uh, let's get to these box scores. Otherwise, uh, we're going to probably be in for another two-hour show like last week. Um, Let's jump right into this, man. Let's go over to, I think, the first game of the day was the 76ers against the Cavaliers. Um, Not not really a surprise. The Sixers getting the victory, 114 over the Cavs. They had 95. I'm going to jump in on the Philly side first. I'm going to start with Tobias Harris, who, you know, after a somewhat shaky start, has really been coming around. And tonight was fantastic. Uh, very efficient 12 of 14 from the field for 27 points, two steals, two blocks, four assists, five boards. Perfect two with two from the line. Gave you a three. It's a nice game from him. Al Horford with 11 points. Love the defensive stats. The two steals, two blocks, seven assists is nice. From your center, six boards, one three on four of six shooting. Uh, Josh Richardson, this one was disappointing. Um, He only shot two of 12 for eight points, one block, four rebounds, two threes. But um, hang in there with Jay Rich. Hopefully he gets better as the season goes on. Ben Simmons with 10 points, 11 assists, two blocks, one steal is nice. Uh, Four rebounds. And uh, on five of eight shooting, Joel Embiid. This one um, feels like a letdown from him. 14 points, but did have a steal, a block, two assists, four rebounds on six of 13 shooting, two at two from the line. Um, off the bench, nobody really that I trust, although um, Cork Moss had 13 points in 18 minutes. Um, Ennis had 14 points, four rebounds, three threes in 16 minutes but i don't think you would trust any of these guys in standard leagues um kurt what are your thoughts on the 76ers adrian you nailed it like nothing really moves the needle here um and also with with some of these guys having lower minutes this game was a bloodbath philadelphia was up by 30 points in the second quarter so it ends up looking closer than it actually was Philadelphia massacred Cleveland in this game. And um, I could be wrong, but just listening to the announcers, I think Cleveland came to Philly in the last week, and it was really close, and Philly, Philadelphia was lucky to come away with the win, so they were ready to roll tonight. Um, Embiid, you know, he, a lot of these starters' numbers are down a little bit besides Tobias. So Embiid, I think he's a little bit of a buy low right now. He hasn't had those monster games where he goes off for, like, 30 and 20 or 40 and something. So I think he's a bit of a buy low. And, but like you said, on the bench, even in deep leagues, there's not much to see here. Uh, Cork Maz is probably the closest thing to relevancy here. And that's probably more of a 14, 16 teamer. Or if Philly has a four game week and you're trying to stream threes, I can see that. I tried to do that in the past, uh, past week. And Tybal, again, this guy that. 
people are really hyping for the defensive stats. I, I love it myself. But in these minutes, 15 to 20, it's just not enough, guys. No steals, no blocks. He's really on the outside looking in. He's not even a 14-teamer right now. Maybe 16, 20. Or if you have room to stash, you could do that. But other than that, nothing really moves the needle here for Philadelphia. Yeah, I agree. What happened on the Cleveland side of this game? My good sir, let me tell you. Again, blowout. So all these guys... The minutes were capped for their starters with Osmond at 28, Thompson at 28, Sexton at 28, and Garland and Love had 25. So just keep that in mind. All of their stats are going to be a little bit muted. They were down by 30. Uh, Kevin Love, I was watching this game at least the first half until I got completely bored out of my mind when they were down (laughs) by 30. Kevin Love had what looked to be kind of a scary injury to his knee. He stayed down. They had to take a timeout. But he got up, kept playing. He seemed to be fine, but after the flight, you know, if there's swelling or whatnot, something to check on tomorrow morning. He had 12 and 6 with two threes. Kind of a, a quiet Kevin Love night, but like I said, kind of quiet for all these guys. Osmond, uh, he, he's still starting, but not doing a whole lot. Tristan Thompson, uh, kind of quieter by the standard that he set in the early season, but he still had 12 and 9 with three assists. That's great to see from Thompson. You don't see that often. And four defensive stats, a steal and three blocks. So if you got Thompson, if you picked him up, he's still probably in contention for one of the waiver wire pickups of the year. Keep holding. Colin Sexton did his kind of thing. 17 points, four rebounds, a steal and an assist. Not a whole lot more. You know what you're getting with Sexton, scoring and not much else. Darius Garland is the only reason I watch this team, to be honest. I am really hoping to see this guy emerge. Mm. And so much hype coming into the season with him, even though he only played five games in college. Honestly, he is the only reason I watch this team because I want to see if when I see those flashes, those those good drives to the basket, those those nice passes. It's going to be a bumpy ride with him. He's been just outside standard league value, I would say, probably 14, 16 teamer. Or if you have enough room where you can stash, if you're in uh, a weekly league and you can just set them on your bench until, I don't know, January, February, I really do think there's going to be a time this season where you're going to want to have Garland on your team. But right now, he's on rosters, he's off rosters. And tonight, 4 of 13 for 11 points, 2 assists, 2 steals. So, uh, it, it's painful, but I'm really I'm really hopeful for him. Maybe Maybe I'm in the minority. Off the bench, let's see, we had Jordan Clarkson doing Jordan Clarkson-y things, 15 points, not much else. Ante Zizic, deep leaguers, you want to keep note of this. He had a good run to end the season last year where he was putting up about eight points, eight boards, and about a block or two. Uh, this was his first game back. He had six points, two rebounds, and a block in 17 minutes. Not exciting, but some of you deep leaguers, 14, 16, 18, 20 teamers, you're looking for any advantage you can find, and Ante Zizic just might be that guy. Uh, I don't know. Let me also mention that Larry Nance sat out tonight, so they're a little, a little full in the front court. So his minutes are probably going to be up and down. But deep leaguers, I, I would keep an eye on him. Adrian, what do you think about these Cavaliers? Well, you pretty much covered everything. I was going to mention Larry Nance, but you touched on him there. Um, it looks like a sprained left thumb. I think he's 
just being considered day to day so hopefully we see him back soon and then uh anytime you mention the word injury and with the name Kevin Love I get a little yeah. bit scared due to his uh history of injury issues but um good sign that we saw him return to this game and keep playing but I also would not be surprised if uh, he misses the next game or so, just as a precaution. I think sometimes it feels like the Cavs just look for a reason to kind of shut down Kevin Love. Um, but uh, so, you know, I'm not expecting him to miss time, but could possibly maybe sit the next one if, uh, you know, let's say on the flight, whatever happens, let's say he, he his knee swells or something like that. Um, it's possible he could miss the next game. So keep an eye on that. And other than that, man, you pretty much nailed everything. Uh, Darius Garland, uh, I was, uh, you know, it's funny to hear you talk about how you're tuning in for Garland because if I was able to watch the game, I couldn't watch it. I would also be looking for Garland because he was a guy that was very intriguing coming into this year. Somehow I ended up with him in, like, my three dynasty leagues I play in. I, I had a pick... I had a pick somewhere between four and seven, and in all three of my leagues, he was available in that area, and so I drafted him in all three of my dynasty leagues. So he's someone I got a lot of stock in. I'm, uh, you know, I'm okay with his start. I know um, he missed a lot of time in college and didn't really have a summer. So, um, you know, I was expecting a slow start for him. And and from what I've seen, I think he's going to be okay for standard yeah. leagues, though. I, I love your take, Kurt. I think in standard leagues, you know, it's just he's going to be so up and down and inconsistent. But I also think it's possible at the second half of the season he could start to put it together. So if you if you have the luxury of being able to stash him and hang on to him, um, I would recommend it, and then I still feel pretty good about him in my dynasty leagues. I think, um, you know, maybe maybe it's not even this season. Maybe it's next season or the season after. I'm okay with waiting for him in those um, in those dynasty leagues. Uh, you know, Kurt, point guard position, uh, the hardest position to play in the NBA. It takes guys. We very rarely see a guy just come in and just kill the point guard position right off the bat. You know, sometimes it takes a season or two for these guys to really get it. And I think for Garland, he might fall under that category. I love it, Adrian. Where, where you got him in the dynasty leagues, I, that that is amazing. Definitely do, hold on. Do not drop that guy, man. Mm-hmm. I, he's just that mystery box kind of guy. Like, you have to hold on, especially in a dynasty league. Great pick. I love it. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things I, I love about him, he's he – projects is a real prototypical point guard meaning like in the in the vein of chris paul like uh um, a guy that can pass he's um, coming into the draft one of the things is he was supposed to have a really nice three-point stroke and um you know so i love that he kind of projects as that type of point guard so um we'll just keep an eye on him and let's see his uh progression and, okay. and you're right, Adrian. I could be wrong on these numbers, but I think I, I, I looked up college stats, and I know college stats are deceiving. But when you there, when you have a rookie that you're looking at, like what else you're going to go on? And I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I think he hit 48 yeah. percent of his shots from downtown. So, absolutely, you're right on that. 
All right, let's keep rolling here. Let's go to the next game. I believe it is the Boston Celtics and the Sacramento Kings. You know, the Celtics uh, were really good number one team in the East coming into this and pretty surprising to see the Kings get a victory here 100 to 99 gonna jump in on the Boston side of this game first now I'm gonna start with Jalen Brown who I think is the biggest beneficiary of Gordon Hayward missing time and I feel like I feel like ever since Hayward has gone out we've seen Jalen Brown's numbers spike. He had 18 points here tonight, two steals, eight boards, uh, four of seven from downtown. That's pretty good. Seven to 16 from the field. Um, Kimball Walker has been pretty good. This game was just okay, but 15 points, a steal, nine assists, one rebound. He's going to be just fine. little surprising to not see him get a three in 32 minutes of action, but um, he's really been coming around after a slow start. He's been pretty fantastic. Um, was a perfect 5 of 5 from the line as well. Jason Tatum with 14 points, 2 assists, 1 block, 6 rebounds, 1-3 on 6 of 13 shooting. He'll be just fine. Daniel Theis, um filling in for... Um, did Canner play? Yeah, Canner did play in this one, but still coming off the bench. So Th- uh, Theis getting the start. Double-doubled with 14 points, 10 rebounds, no defensive stats, which is a little bummer from your center, but very efficient shooting on 5 of 6 from the field and 4 of 4 from the line. So if you did play him in some deep leagues, you must be pretty happy. Uh, Marcus Smart with 5 points, but did give you 9 assists and 5 boards with 1-3. 2 16 shooting's not great, but um, you know if you're playing him in a deep league, just hang tight. Off the bench, uh, Enos Cantor still kind of working his way back. I think, you know, only 19 minutes here tonight. I think we're going to see those minutes ramp up. But uh, 10.7 rebounds for him. Robert Williams, man, I've moved on from him in some deep leagues. Only seven minutes. I just, uh, I just with Cantor and Thice, it's just uh, a three-headed monster there. I just don't trust Robert Williams in any standard leagues. And, you know, not too much else to talk about here off the bench. Kurt, what do you think of the Celtics? Man, the only thing, like you said, is basically the front court battle. And I was like, why is Tice starting all of these games? Um, and some of it was due to necessity. But then Cantor's been back a few games. I think this was his fourth game back. And... Tice looks decent. Like, he looks good out there. Uh, 14 and 10, no blocks, but he's been blocking a lot of shots this year. And like you said, Robert Williams is definitely super intriguing. Somebody compared him to uh, this year's Mitchell Robinson, how he's kind of quiet, but he's a guy that could go out there and get your monster block lines. Only seven minutes tonight, so that's definitely discouraging, and that puts him below the cut line for me personally in standard leagues. Um, Cantor. Man, I'm I'm not sure he he had 25 minutes or yeah he had 25 minutes for 13 and nine uh, two games ago, but that was more out of necessity. I think Kice and um, the Time Lord were out that game. Ever since you know he had 15 minutes tonight, he had 18, and maybe they're bringing him along slowly. I don't think he's a cut candidate by any means because we know what he can do in limited minutes. He only needs 22 to 24 minutes to get you a double-double on elite percentages. 
he's not going to get you defensive stats or really anything else other than that double-double and elite percentages. But if I own Cantor, I'm definitely concerned. Mm-hmm. I somehow don't have him in any league. Um, but I, w- I would still be holding on because he can get you that double-double. And that's not something that you can find on the waiver wire super easily, especially a center that can get um, high-efficiency free throws. So he's split in minutes, but like we said, we don't, he only needs 22 to 24 to be fantasy-relevant. He's, he's not a cut guy right now, but for me, if I own him, he's probably moving toward that line. Other than that, that's, that's really the main thing I'm looking for when I'm watching the Celtics is that front court battle. Nice. Well, what happened on the Sacramento side of this game? Sir, let me tell you. So the Fox list and Bagley list Kings, somehow, I don't know how they did this. Like I watched the first half of the game, but they knocked off Boston, who was 10-1, and one, so pretty crazy. And who would have thought, not only besides Buddy Heald, that makes sense, that he'd come in there for 35 points, Six rebounds, two assists, four steals, a block, seven three-pointers, and 14 of 24 from the field. Amazing for Heald. He was backed up by Nemanja Bialica for 12 and 14 with four assists and a block. Rashawn Holmes got into some early foul trouble. He picked up two real quick. He grabbed this uh, third one when he re-entered the game. So he was definitely limited by foul trouble again. That's, that's the biggest struggle for Holmes. If he can somehow avoid fouls, you know, similar to a, a JJJ or a Mitchell Robinson, you know his line's going to be great. And even with the foul trouble today, he still managed 27 minutes for 9 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 blocks. Harrison Barnes had an okay line. Corey Joseph started, but he's not a standard league guy. He's probably not even a 14-team league guy. Let us see. Nemanja Bielitsa. Man, I heard... Uh, our, one of our benevolent overlords, Dan Vespers, <laughs> described Bielitsa as a flat tire on wheels. And I got to be honest, that's what he looks out, like out there. You would not, if you were just watching this guy for a couple plays, you would not think that this is somebody that you want on your fantasy team. But he just does everything. Like the announcers are saying his name constantly. Bielitsa with the block. Bielitsa with the board. Like they're constantly saying his name. And... You know, Bagley is out for, I don't know, another couple weeks. But we saw Bielitsa have a run like this last year. I, I think we talked about this before. So he's not exciting to own by any means. But he gives you very good value. And even if you just pick him up to ride him until Bagley comes back and see what happens, that's going to be two weeks of really good value. So I, I think that's somebody that you have to own. Off the bench... Henry Giles, sorry, Harry Giles has been getting back in the swing of things. He was somebody last year that I was really intrigued by, but the minutes aren't there, so he's not really an ad in any format. Dwayne Dedman is finally getting back to where he belongs in the minutes department with 10, 7 points, 4 rebounds, and a block. If you haven't dropped him already, he is an obvious drop candidate. Yogi Ferrell, 17 minutes, nothing exciting, but he definitely looks like a good spark plug out there for the Kings. And then we have Bogdan Bogdanovich, 12 points, 10 assists, 2 steals, 2 triples. I'm kind of surprised that he doesn't start over Corey Joseph, but nonetheless, 
He's he'll probably do even better in the second unit. For the Kings, Adrian, that is all I have. What did I miss here? What what's your take on these guys? Man, you covered it all. Uh, not too much more for me to add. Um, I like Bogdanovich a lot. I think he could be the biggest winner from the Fox um, from the Fox injury. Uh, the mm-hmm. double doubled here tonight with 12 points, 10 assists. He's looked pretty good ever since Fox has gone down. And, you know, even though coming off the bench, seeing some nice minutes, 31 here um, tonight, he's he's a guy that I like a lot. And then I got Holmes in like uh, in a bunch of leagues. So, um, you know, even though the scoring wasn't there tonight, only 2-7 for the field for nine points. Gotta love the boards and the two blocks. And I think he's just... Um, I feel pretty good about him. Even when Bagley gets back, I think they're going to still, Holmes is going to still get some nice tick in the center spot and play next to Bagley. He's just been too good for them on the defensive end. Um, Something that they're really lacking. And Deadman is like really his only competition for minutes in that center spot. And Deadman, it's just not happening. So um, really interesting team, the Kings. All right, let's keep, going let's jump over to the denver nuggets and the memphis grizzlies the nuggets getting the victory 131 to the grizzlies 114 i'm gonna jump in on the denver side first and i gotta start with jamal murray who had a great game 39 points three steals a block eight assists four boards seven of 12 from deep 14 of 24 from the field, a perfect 4-4 from the line. This is a great game from him. Um, Kurt, Jokic has been a little up and down, and tonight I'm going to say he was down. Um, you know, uh, Nine points, eight assists is good, five boards, but um, you know, only one three, only shot four of seven. It just, uh, it just seems like his usage was down in this one. Um, Will Barton, only six points, three assists, five rebounds for him, one three. Um, Gary Harris, I, I dropped him in a bunch of leagues earlier, eight points, one assist, one rebound on 4-7 shooting. Paul Millsap, uh, I was able to pick up, pick up Millsap in that hoop ball staff league, 23 points, five steals is fantastic, one assist, three rebounds, two threes on a very efficient eight of 11 shooting from the field five of six from the line so pretty good game from him um off the bench they got some nice games hernan gomez had 15 points to assist three boards four threes on five of six shooting jeremy grant doing what he does uh 12 points five assists four rebounds two threes on four of six shooting um you know morris eight points i don't really trust him or really anyone else on this roster kurt what do you think of the denver nuggets adrian you're right like off the bench this team is so deep that you can't rely on anyone off the bench even though they have you know uh monte morris and malik beasley they were some some nice pickup guys last year even Hernan gomez i don't know if you remember that two or three week period where he was like one of the top pickups it's not there for these guys off the bench. If you don't own a starter for the Nuggets, you probably don't want to own anyone. And even the starters, Will Barton and Gary Harris, were kind of quiet tonight. They were up by 25 at halftime. So I wouldn't read too much into their lines. 
Millsap, you gotta love that. If you if you picked him up, Adrian, like you did, man, he did that in only twenty minutes. He's he's old, sure. He's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna like blow the doors off anything, but he's worth owning. Jokic. We've had some questions about this guy in the hoop ball forums. Some guys are a little bummed, they bought low on him. Yeah, like Dan says, he looks a little fat out there. He's he's kind of just plodding along, but he does this every year. The nice thing about Jokic is he's a potential first-round value-type guy, and he always gives you this chance to buy low on him if you don't own him. So if you haven't already, the window is still open, guys. Do it. I did it in a league. I sold, uh, I think it was Hassan Whiteside and uh, Marcus Morris, who I think is overperforming. I sold those two and got Jokic, and I am just ecstatic about that because I can always just – Use that empty roster space to stream. But, yeah, that window is still open. He's a potential top 15 kind of guy, for top first round upside. That's the biggest takeaway for me. If you don't own him, try to buy him. Adrian, would you agree on that? What do you think about Jokic? I absolutely agree with that. And, uh, you know, he had a big game just a few days ago, and I thought that buy low window was closing but today I think it kind of reopens that door because uh you know I know in my home league I got a buddy who drafted him early and he was pretty upset about his start so I feel like you can kind of take advantage of um those people who are just really disappointed and who uh because I do think Jokic is going to get better as the season goes around. As you mentioned, Kurt, you know, it doesn't look like he's in great shape. I think he'll his shape, his, his conditioning, his physical status will improve as the season goes on. And I feel pretty confident we're going to see that Jokic that we're used to. So, yeah, if you can buy low on him, go for it, man. And I feel like... Um, you know, I feel like you may be able to get him for a guy who's... Uh, second round guy I feel like you could probably float a guy that you drafted in the second or early third who's playing really good and you know if that if that owner of Jokic is really upset and just frustrated you can go take advantage of that so I love that take Kurt absolutely man like I said I got him with Whiteside and a, and a guy I picked up off the waiver wire wow. try, try Whiteside try, try Valanchunas try Steven Adams and somebody else you never know. Take a shot, and nobody wants to see their first-round pick putting up nine points. I know points is overvalued, but for some reason, everyone just expects their first-round value or their first-round pick is going to score 30 a game. So to see him put up nine points a game, you have to know that Jokic owners are frustrated. Yeah. Adrian. You know, in my home league, my buddy who has Jokic um, – he drafted a lot of centers early and missed out on point guards. So he's desperate for a point guard, and he's got a bunch of injuries. So I feel like if I offered him a two-for-one, for example, I got Fred Van Vliet, and I'm loaded with guards. What if I float Van Vliet, who's been playing really well, plus a second guy, like a mid-round guy? Maybe I can get Jokic for that because I know that this guy needs a little depth because he's got three guys 
on injured um, on uh, who are injured, and he's desperate for a point guard. So you guys gotta look like take it take look at that team who has Jokic. Think of what their needs are. Try to um, you know try to really take advantage of that. Adrian, that is an amazing take. Don't just think of it as, I need Jokic. Here's a deal I would send out. Look at that guy's team. Yeah. Where is he in the rankings? Is he in the bottom of the rankings? Does he have multiple injury guys where he's ready to panic? Definitely keep all these things in mind. All these things come into play when you're sending out these bylaw offers. Yeah, definitely. What, hey, uh, what went down on the Grizzlies side of this game? Adrian, let me hit you with it. So... These guys were all very low in the minutes count. So again, if you own one of these guys and they didn't perform up to snuff for you, probably just throw it away. I mean, Jay Crowder led the team with 27 minutes. He went for eight and five with three assists, a steal, and a block, and two threes. He's been serviceable. He can be an end of your bench kind of guy in 12 teamers, probably Definitely needs to be owned in 14 teams or deeper. Jaron Jackson started off with a slow season. He was an amazing buy-low candidate. I tried wherever I could. I just wasn't able to reel him in. But he had 22 points, 5 rebounds, no assists, steals, or blocks, but 5 made 3-pointers. So that's nice for JJJ. And then the also thing you want to look at here with JJJ, just kind of like Mitchell Robinson, is the foul situation. Only two fouls. So he's improving in that area. That's the biggest limiting factor for his value. Let me see. Jonas Valanciunas, 22 minutes. Again, low minutes for everyone. 16 and 10 with two threes. John Morant, 13 points with two rebounds, six assists, and a three. Dylan Brooks. Ugh. This guy. I tell you what. <laughs> I don't know why this always happens to me. I pick up these hot guys that have had a good run, uh, a good pedigree, Dylan Brooks, Maxi Kleba, and then they go for, like Maxi Kleba did the other night, four rebounds and nothing else, or Dylan Brooks this night when I picked him up, four points and assist and nothing else. Yeah, it was a blowout, but that's just just kind of like par for the course for me. Like I'll pick somebody up after they've been having a great run, maybe five, ten game sample size, and then they'll do something like this. Uh, if you have Dylan Brooks, I would still hold on. I think I could be wrong. I think he was number 77 on a totals value for nine cats. So he's definitely still worth owning. Consider the blowout factor. Like I said, if you own any of these Grizzlies, don't overthink this too much. Brandon Clark off the bench. A perfect eight of eight from the field for 19 points, five rebounds, an assist, and two threes. This guy, he gets limited minutes, but somehow... Ah... Tell me if I'm wrong. I think he's in the top 60 in most nine-cat leagues by averages and totals, which is crazy in the amount of minutes he's been getting. So if JJJ or uh, Valanchunas or Crowder ever go down and he gets more minutes in the high 20s even, he's a per-minute monster. So I've seen him dropped in a couple places. You have to pick this guy up if he got dropped. Yeah, Other I, than that, I love that take on um... – Brandon Clark, I think he looks uh, spectacular. It's if if you know under different circumstances, like 
uh, he would be a really great fantasy option. As you said, with Valanciunas ahead of him and JJJ and Crowder, he's going to have nights like tonight, especially on a blowout, um, on a night where they get blown out. But as you said, I, you know, I feel like later in the season when the Grizzlies are completely out of it, they're in full tank mode and whatnot, I feel like Brandon Clark is just going to be like an automatic uh, good fantasy line every night. But um, JJJ, I want to mention real quick, um, you know, the defensive stats weren't there tonight, which is a major bummer because we know he's capable of providing elite defensive stats. But I got to say, I'm really happy his offense is coming around. The fact that he shot five of seven from downtown, a perfect five of six from the line, took 12 shots, so which is the most out of anyone on this team. So I'm just really happy that his offense is coming around, and I think his defensive stats will be there on most nights. So um, even though he didn't have any steals or blocks, he'll be just fine. And, uh, you know, uh, Kurt, tonight you know, I got John Morant in my home league. Um, even though it was an okay game, it, he only played 21 minutes. Brooks, who you have, I think most nights he's going to be much better because a lot of these guys were victim of the blowout factor. Brooks only getting 18 minutes. So um, I would hang tight with Brooks. And, of course, you know, even in 21 minutes, I'm okay with this game from Jaw. Uh, Definitely agree. All right, let's go to the next game up, the Washington Wizards and the Orlando Magic. Uh, The Magic getting the victory 125 to 121. I guess that's not too big of a surprise. The Wizards, uh, it's been a little ugly for them so far this season. I'm going to start over on the Washington side, and I'm going to start with Bradley Beal. Um, I've got him in a few leagues this year, and after somewhat of a shaky start, man, he is really coming around. I think he had two 44-point games earlier in the week, so uh, the scoring is really coming around. Uh, 34 points here tonight, 5 of 10 from downtown, 12 of 26 from the field was 5 of 6 from the line. He also gave you 8 assists six rebounds and a steal so he's been good uh thomas bryant with 13 points oh wait i'm sorry i'm looking at uh i'm looking at thomas thomas bryant 14 points four assists six rebounds one block on six to ten shooting one three one one from the line he should be just fine um isaiah thomas 13 points two steals five assists I'm really ecstatic that he's starting and getting close to 30 minutes a game or 30 minutes. I think if you picked up Isaiah Thomas or you drafted Isaiah Thomas, just the fact that at this point of the season, he's already in such a good role here, uh, I think that's a win. So hang tight with IT. And um, probably... The two disappointing guys is Roy Hachimura, six points, two assists, four rebounds in just 28 minutes. And Troy Brown, a guy who I picked up in a bunch of deeper leagues, thinking that he could emerge as a solid um, solid option. But one of the really bummer parts about Troy Brown is just the usage. In 24 minutes, he only took five shots and made one for two points, two assists, seven boards. So in standard leagues, I'm thinking of, uh, I think I only own him in one standard league. I'm thinking of already dropping him and moving on. And in my deeper leagues, I'm going to hang tight with Troy Brown and see if he can come around soon. Um, They got some nice games off the bench. 
uh, Bertans with 15 points and eight boards, five threes from Bertans. In fact, every shot he took in this game was from three-point range. Uh, CJ Miles got hot, 21 points, uh, six of seven from downtown from him. In standard leagues, I don't really trust Miles. I think in 20 minutes, you know, he could give you a game like he gave you tonight, but could also give you a very low end line. So his floor is very low. Um, Mo Wagner, who went off in a 30-point outing the other night, just got 20 minutes here tonight for 12 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. So that's why in standard leagues, don't really trust uh, Mo Wagner. But um, if you picked him up in deep leagues, maybe just keep him on your roster and see how he looks in the next one um not too much else to talk about kurt what do you think of the wizards i think like you said adrian if you grab Troy brown jr he's not necessarily a must hold with that low usage davis bertans this guy gets mixed reviews but like you said all of his shots were from three-point land if he's gonna take 11 threes and make (laughs) even a third or half of them he's worth owning and he's shown that he can do more than that with a 10-rebound game recently, an 8-rebound game tonight, an assist, two steals. And he's still really young on a terrible team. He's definitely worth owning in standard leagues. C.J. Miles, do not fall for that trap. Do not do it. <laughs> Mo Bogner, man, I love this guy when he played for Michigan. He did everything. But the Lakers never really gave him a shot. We saw him blow up the other night. I think... I think you can own him in standard leagues, but I wouldn't cut anyone reliable. If you have somebody at the end of your roster who you're just itching to cut, I think he's worth a flyer in standard leagues. 14, 16 teamers, I think you definitely need to grab him. But his minutes are kind of low, and he does struggle with foul trouble. We saw that throughout the season. He's getting four, five, six fouls a game, sometimes in only 15 minutes. So fouls are a serious issue for him at this level but he's I think he's worth owning in a lot of leagues like I said mainly if you have somebody to cut the main thing like uh, with the starters Bradley Beal is great you know he's going to be doing well Um, he's had a rough time from the field so far but that's coming back Um, I think Adrian correct me if I'm wrong so Beal played 82 games in the last season and the season before that, and he's close to 37 minutes a game. Now, don't get me wrong. I love him if I have him. And in a roto league, you don't have to really worry about this as much. But in a head-to-head league, would you be at all concerned about owning Beal when it comes to the fantasy playoffs, even though he says he wants to be a leader and he wants to be out there playing? Washington doesn't have anything to play for. You know they're going to be terrible would you be trying to trade Beal at all before it came to those fantasy playoffs? Yeah, I'm okay with that mindset of trying to move Beal before your fantasy playoffs. Luckily, the spots that I have Beal are only roto leagues, so I think I'm going to hang tight with him. But I love that take only because, as you said, you know the Wizards look awful, and you worry at some point, could Beal get traded? Could he get shut down? Now, the one thing I am encouraged at on Kurt is supposedly last season, the Wizards came to Beal wanting to shut him down, 
and mm-hmm. Beal told them he does no. not want to be shut down. He wants to play. So that is very encouraging that if it's up to Beal, he wants to be out there if he's healthy. So I love that he has that mindset. That makes me feel a little good that um, you know, even if the Wizards are awful and we expect them to be bad for this whole season, Beal hopefully will still be out there towards the end of the year. But definitely, man, I mean, this is a guy who's got first round upside. So you likely could get quite a bit for Bradley Beal. And if you want to move him, I definitely have no problem with that. That's a good take. Yes, sir. All right. Um, Let's see. Where are we? Kurt, what happened on the Orlando Magic side of this game? Adrian, let me tell you. So Jonathan Isaac, who has been a complete monster, absolute steal in almost any draft, he's had out tonight with an ankle injury, which is a little bit concerning because it's the one that's cost him quite a bit of time. That being said, if you own him, don't panic. Just just ride this storm. If you don't own him, I would be shooting by low offers because if their owner, if the owner of JI knows and is aware that this cost him time in the past. They might be freaking out a little bit. So you might be able to get him on the cheap. And if you can do that, I would. I would. I. I it doesn't matter to me if he's going to miss five games, maybe ten games. It doesn't matter because the defensive stats he's been putting up, he's been a first-rounder. Try to steal this guy. Anyway, in his absence, Al Farouk, the chief Aminu, started for six and six with two assists. Nothing to see here. He's not a standard league guy, and he's also on a shelf life. Aaron Gordon had 13-9 and nine with two assists and a three. He played 37 minutes, which is good, but he wasn't great from the field going 5-16. He's not he's, – he's deceiving because he seems like he should be a good player, but he's just not the best fit for most fantasy leagues. Nikola Vucevic went big tonight for 30-17 and 17 with 16 assists, a block, and three threes. Great from the field and perfect from the stripe. He had a bit of a buy-low window earlier on. That window is pretty much closed shut. Evan Fournier has been having a low-key, very nice season. 25 points, 9 assists, 5 triples. Then we have Markel Fultz, who started again. Only 26 minutes, but had 19 points, which I believe is a career high. 3 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. 2 threes. And he was 8 of 10 from the field with four turnovers. So a pretty good game for Markel Fultz. And just from an NBA standpoint, you're rooting, most people are rooting for Fultz to turn it around and really get his game going. Like it's it's unfortunate when you see somebody who was so good in college come back and get, get the yips and just really struggle. So from an NBA fan perspective, you're really rooting for him to turn it around. And maybe this is the season that he does it. I think the Magic got a great deal when they bought him. From a fantasy perspective, I'm not super stoked on him. I think in 14-team leagues or deeper, you probably need to own him. But in standard leagues, he's really, for me, in the same boat as Darius Garland, where you want to see them succeed, but you're going to have to be patient. Off the bench, DJ Augustine still played 24 minutes for 13-3 and three with three assists, three triples. Other than that, the only person worth mentioning is Terrence Ross, and he is definitely worth mentioning. He played 25 minutes for 15 points, one three, four rebounds, one assist, two steals. 
So he's had a bumpy ride to start the season. He split some time with Aminu early on. So maybe these minutes come down a little bit when J.I. comes back and Aminu and Ross are fighting for some minutes. But this is a guy we've known last year averaged 15 points and close to three triples. He is one of the elite three-point specialists. Even though he only made one tonight, he shot seven. I think you can pick him up in a lot of places. I'm seeing him picked up pretty much everywhere because this is about his third game in a row. If you have room to add him, I definitely would in any league. And if it doesn't pan out, you can always drop him. But we know what he's capable of. So definitely something to keep an eye on. And if you need a three-point specialist, pick him up right now. Adrian, what do you got? Um, I, you know, interesting thing, Kurt. I had I drafted Fultz in my home league, which is a 13-team roto league. We got deep rosters. I took him with my last round pick. I ended up dropping him earlier this week because I'm 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 loaded at guard, and um, he just wasn't playing well. And after tonight, I was slightly. Um, uh, regretful that I cut him and just tossed him on the wire. Somebody picked him up because he looked good here tonight. But also, you know, if you take away the scoring, was really low in all these other areas. So let's say his shot wasn't falling tonight. wasn't It, it wouldn't be a great night. So, you know, I'm okay now that I take a look at this box score moving on from Fultz. And I agree with your take, you know, in standard leagues, probably still not worth owning as you mentioned how he's kind of in that same garland um like you put him kind of in that same boat as um darius garland so i like your take on Fultz. um other than that man jonathan isaac uh you know really interesting thing kurt supposedly he got this ankle injury from a uniform unveiling so it was like um he was supposed to model this uniform for some uh, promo type of a thing and ended up twisting his ankle at the thing. So um, really strange that he's got this injury from non-game practice related stuff. So keep an eye on Jonathan Isaac. I love your take on trying to buy low because, man, this guy was putting up like early round value before he went down was has been pretty fantastic on the season so i love your take on jonathan isaac yes sir okay let's jump over to the second to last game of the evening uh not too much of a surprise i guess man the warriors have been bad warriors and pelicans pelicans getting the victory 108 to 100 i'm gonna look on the warriors who are a very interesting team to look at due to all the injuries Due to um, man, I mean this team is two and twelve, so uh, likely they're going into the tank. Really interesting that this team could like could get like the number one pick in the draft, and next year they could get Curry, Clay Thompson, um, healthy Draymond, all back with like a rookie stud. So really interesting team. But for fantasy purposes, um, Pascal. 30 points with two assists, seven rebounds. I think this guy has to be owned with all the injuries that the Warriors have. Uh, Draymond Green, you know, does not look that engaged. Make sure Pascal's not sitting on your wire. 30 points, two assists, seven boards, two threes. He was 8 of 10 from the line, 10 of 17 from the field. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, Robinson with 14 points, two assists, six rebounds, one three. I've seen him scooped up in quite a bit of leagues, Glenn Robinson. Uh, six of 13 from the field. You know, he is starting and seeing a lot of minutes. Now, he is prone to the low end line, but I think tonight is. Um, the reason why he's got to be owned in a lot of leagues, unless you're like in a shallow ten-team league, uh, I think that's in your in your roster is pretty stacked. I think that's maybe the only way you wouldn't even look at Glenn Robinson. But I know I'm in a lot of uh, fourteen-team and deeper leagues, and uh, Glenn Robinson's already been scooped up everywhere. Draymond Green didn't really have it going in this one. Seven points. Now, I do love the defensive stats. Two steals, a block, four assists, six rebounds. So even though the scoring wasn't there, still helped you out in a lot of these categories. Um, Kurt, we mentioned Alec Burks, I think, at the beginning of the show. Or maybe that's when we were talking, actually, before the show started. Um, But Alec Burks, you know, has been picked up in a lot of leagues. Now, the shot wasn't falling tonight was only two of 13 for the field for seven points five assists and four rebounds i understand if you want to pick him up and um you know if you want to grab him in some leagues only because he is seeing some good minutes we have seen him have some nice games earlier in the week earlier in the season so if you want to pick up burks if you have burks stick with them but tonight is like one of those reasons why i'm not mega high on alec burks Willie Cauley-Stein, I think this guy needs to be owned in a lot of leagues only because of um, he's starting, he's going to see good minutes, and uh, I think he can give you a double-double points and boards. Now, tonight, didn't really have it going, only nine points with four rebounds, but did give you some defensive stats, three steals, a block, one assist, um, so I I think he's got to be owned. Kurt, the guy I'm interested in off the bench, I already picked him up in some deep leagues. Kai Bowman, 19 points off the bench, one steal, four assists, two rebounds, three threes. You know, even though he came off the bench, played 28 minutes, and the usage is there, 16 shots for him, um, 8 of 16 from the field. I heard, I saw in an interview um, with Steve Kerr, I don't know if this was after the game or before the game, Kerr mentioned that Bowman could be getting the start at point guard um, with D'Angelo Russell likely to miss the next couple weeks. So, you guys, if Bowman is sitting there, you need some short-term point guard help. I think Bowman is worth an ad. I've already grabbed him in in a couple of my leagues. Um, not too much else to talk about. Kurt, what do you think of the Warriors? Ah, man, Adrian. The main thing I have, like you said, is Alec Burks. Everyone's picking him up. Everyone's stoked about him. I don't get it. I don't I don't see why. Yeah, he's starting. But to start the day, we did not know who was going to start. And I thought it made sense to start hashtag who is Kai Bowman. He did not get the start, but still had a good line. And Alec Burks, he's been in the league since 2011. Now, let's look at his career numbers. He only has played 21 minutes a game. So, sure, he's going to get more than that if he continues to start. So, maybe bump these numbers up by a little bit. But he's averaged 9.6 points, 3 rebounds, 1.7 assists, 0.6 steals, 0.2 blocks. I am not excited about him in any means. I don't care if he goes out there and scores 20 in the next three games. I'm not excited about him. That's one category. And why... 
what I, I do not see why the Warriors need to be starting Alec Burks when they have a guy like Kai Bowman, this up-and-coming rookie, coming off the bench. So I was really, really bummed today when I heard that Alec Burks would be starting over him. I picked up Bowman in all kinds of leagues, and he just looks so much better out there. He's got that flashy blonde hair. You know, he's making these cuts to, his, to the basket. He's making threes. If you ha- If you picked up Bowman, I would hold on. I mean, Burks went 2 of 13 from the field in 30 minutes. I really hope Kerr sees what he has here and plays Bowman over Burks, but we'll see. Eric Pascal, man, he doesn't get you to the defensive stats, but 30 and 7 with two threes. I'm really kind of bummed on this for my own leagues because in one league he was dropped, and I thought his his waiver expires tonight at 11.07, uh, my time, which is Alaska time, or 3.07 Eastern time, I thought maybe I could sneak in and grab this guy. And then he blows up tonight for a line like this, and obviously everyone's going to put a claim in on him. So I'm very upset with you, Eric Pascal. Uh, he definitely needs to be owned in all standard leagues. He did this alongside Draymond Green, which everyone's like, he can't coexist with Draymond Green. Guys, if you own Draymond Green you have to be scared. If you took him in the third or fourth round where where he was going in most leagues, you have to be scared. He's the oldest guy on this team that's actually playing. The Warriors are going to be terrible. They're going to rest him more than he needs to be rested when he gets as much as a hangnail. I tell you what, Adrian, correct me if I'm wrong. If Draymond Green goes out there and strings together two or three good games, if he's somehow able to put together a triple-double, which I don't know if he can because... There's nobody to pass to on this team. You have to sell him. I, I would take a fifth rounder. I would take, a, gosh, I don't even know offhand. I would take a Jonas Valanciunas for him. Uh, some of those other fifth rounders. I would probably take a, 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 a try again. A Hassan Whiteside for him. I don't know, Adrian. What? Am I wrong on this? No, I agree with you. I would, it, you know, as soon as Draymond Green strings together a few good games I would be jumping ship as well uh the shutdown you know if he has any little minor issue the Warriors are going to just sit him for weeks and then at the end of the season the Warriors just might shut him down anyways and then on top of all that he just doesn't you could see that he's frustrated not he's engaged. Not he's the type of player, he wears his heart on his sleeve. So when he's not happy and he's not feeling good, it shows in his play. So all of those factors, Kurt, uh, I, if, if you could move Draymond Green for anywhere around, uh, as you said, that range where, where you were talking about, I am all good with that, man. I, I'm pretty scared about Draymond Green. I, I, I like that take. Kurt, what went down on the Pelicans side of this game? On the Pelicans side, guys, you have to take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt. Obviously, Zion is not playing yet. He's getting closer. Brandon Ingram is not playing with a sore right knee. Jalil Okafer has a sprained left ankle. Frank Jackson has a bruised neck. And Josh Hart has a sprained left knee. So there are things in here that are going to make you want to run to the wire. You need to be careful about doing that. For example, Jackson Hayes started and played 32 minutes with 10 points, 10 rebounds, 1 steal, 3 blocks. Uh, Let me also mention that uh, Derek Favors, who is not listed at all on the the box score, he did not play tonight. 
So again, lots of grains of salt here. Jackson Hayes, as a rookie, I love this guy. If you're able to scoop him up in a dynasty league, congratulations to you. But you're not going to get lines like this every night. But he does look good out there. He looks great. Uh, again, Favor's not there. Zion not there. This is more of an aberration. J.J. Redick, I dropped him in a couple leagues. I advised multiple people to drop him in a couple leagues. Tonight, he's going to make that hurt a little bit for you as he went for 26 points, three rebounds, three assists, six triples in 36 minutes. Again, they're missing half their team, so this isn't going to happen all the time. If you have him or you picked him up, I would probably aim to sell high, especially considering the fact that he's 35 years old. This isn't going to happen all the time. Drew Holiday, man, he was touted as a late first rounder, early second rounder. He's been disappointing us so far, and the biggest struggle has been his shots from the field. 9 of 23 today, uh, not as bad as some of his other games, but 0 of 5 from the three-point line. He did end up with 22 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, a steal, and a block. Better days are in store for Drew. Uh, I mean, his field goal percentage has to bounce back. If you look at him historically, in the last five or six years, he always starts this way, kind of like a Nikola Jokic, where his his field goal percentage is really bad, and then he brings it back. And I thought, with Zion being out, this guy is going to feast. They talked about him being a potential uh, MVP, MVP candidate, which I thought was a little bit of a reach. But still, it let you know that good things were in store for him. Got you a little excited if you took him in the end of the first, early second round. And now I'm thinking, if I own Drew Holiday, I cannot wait for Zion to come back. Let's take some of that defensive pressure off Drew, put it on Zion, let Z- uh, let Drew get some easy alley-oop dunks. Like, better days are in store if you own Drew. And it's crazy because we're 11, 12 games in. But, guys, he is still a buy-low candidate. He's going to be better than this. Send out whatever you have. I, I would send out – people are wondering about um, – Let's see, FVV, uh, Brogdon. I would probably send either of those guys to get Drew Holiday. Etwan Moore started, but he's been negligible all season. Nothing to see here. Lots of guys missing. Don't read too much into this. Kenrick Williams started for 36 minutes. He was a very popular pickup the last three days. Five points, 10 rebounds, four assists, a block, no threes. Um, He's... He's a decent low-end guy, but again, it's very hard to take too much away from this box score because the Pelicans are missing so many pieces. Nicola Melli, wow, did he ever get exposed on defense. Anybody and everyone, I think even the assistant coach drove to the basket and dunked on Nicola Melli tonight. Um, I heard somebody say that it set back U.S. and Italian relations five years by how much Nicola Melli was getting dunked on. So... Yeah, he's not there on the defensive end. But he still got you 16 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 5 threes. You could probably make a case for him in a 14-teamer, maybe 16-teamer. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. This guy is more interesting to me than anyone on this team, at least of guys that are available. 35 minutes. 7 of 18 from the field, not great. 5 of 13 from three-point land, okay. 19 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal. This guy 
looked amazing in preseason, and I was super stoked. I grabbed this guy with my last round draft pick everywhere, but he just didn't have room in the rotation with guys like Brandon Ingram going nuts, Josh Hart. Now, gosh, I don't think he's worth an ad in most standard leagues, but I'm so intrigued. Adrian, I'm sure you've probably been in this situation where you're, you feel like you're first to the punch with a certain guy, and you just know this guy has potential. So you pick him up everywhere, even though he's not really standard league relevant or relevant for the league that you're in. You just pick him up anyway, and you just want to be that guy who's like, oh, I knew he was going to be good. And then it's really hard to drop him and see him blow up on somebody else's somebody else's roster. But I feel like he's doing that right now. And as much as I love his game, he looks so good out there. I don't think he's a standard league guy with all these pieces missing. And he'll probably fall out of the rotation for a while. However, if you have room to just stash, I think he is a guy come February, March, where you're going to love having this guy on my team. Like, he can ball. Just the opportunity is not going to be there like it was tonight in the last couple nights. Adrian, fix what I screwed up. <laughs> you didn't screw up anything, and I, like you, am a big fan of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I loved this guy coming into the draft. Uh, I think he was a steal where the Pelicans got him. I love his career outlook. I love his game. I love what he did here tonight. The 19 points in the full line had another good game earlier in the week. What I don't love is how loaded the Pelicans are at guard. Now, saw 35 minutes tonight, no Lonzo Ball, no Frank Jackson, no Josh Hart. So as long as these guys are out, I'm all good with rolling with Alexander Walker. But once these guys come back, I think we're going to see Alexander Walker fall back into uh, what he was doing before, and uh, which, which, which I just don't think is standard league relevant. Now... In dynasty leagues, I got him in a couple spots, and I am ecstatic. I think in a couple seasons from now, I think this is going to be a guy that we're drafting as like a mid-round guy, easy if not better than that. So I do really like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I'm just a little worried about him this year when they are fully healthy. Um, Kurt, the guy that I'm kind of interested in, I'm going to take a shot on him in some deep leagues, is Jackson Hayes. Um, You know... I think Okafor is going to miss some more time with an ankle injury. We know Derek Favors is not the uh, consistency of health as well. Favors now dealing with an issue. I think at least in the short term, Hayes can give you exactly what he did here tonight. A low-end double-double with 10 points, 10 rebounds. The defensive stats were there. So I'm in a couple deep leagues where I could use um, some rebounds and some defensive stats. So I might take a swing at him. My expectations are low. Also, as soon as Favors and Okafor come back, likely Hayes will not even be playable. But in the short term, I think I'm going to gamble on Hayes. Um, other than that, Kurt, I think you mentioned the Drew Holiday uh, by low window. I thought that thing shut earlier. I think it was Thursday. He had a monster game on Thursday with a 36-point line, six steals. Six Yeah, seven assists to go along with four boards, five threes. I thought that that was the end of it. But 
If it is still possible to buy low on Drew Holiday, and you can, I love your take, man. Go and get him because he's got first-round type upside. And if somebody in your league has him and doesn't view him like that, I think that could be a mistake. And I love your take, Kurt, when you said when Zion gets back. In the preseason, Drew Holiday was playing really well with Zion. So, um Drew Holiday could get a boost when Zion returns. So love your take on Drew. Okay, that's yeah, all I got, Kurt. Let's go to the last final game of the evening. As usual, we're running a little long. Kurt and I love to talk, man. And I, Kurt, I think anytime you and I get together, it is guaranteed to be uh, a decent length of a show. Um, the Atlanta Hawks and the Los Angeles Lakers last game of the night. Not a surprise to see the Lakers get the victory 122 to 101. I'm going to look in on the Atlanta side first. Kurt, I was at the Clipper Hawks game just last night, so I got to see the Hawks firsthand. And, um, you know, they're really missing John Collins. And, um, wait, who else? Oh, and Kevin Herter. I think. It's pretty clear that they're missing those two guys. Not that they're going to be some kind of a juggernaut powerhouse when those guys get back. Uh, you know, just a really young team. They got a lot of growing pains to go through. I'm going to go through, start with Trey Young, who had a nice one in this game. Yeah. 31 points. Did have eight turnovers. You know, luckily where I got him, it's an eight-category league. So I'm not too worried about that. Two steals, seven assists, three rebounds, two threes tonight on 11 of 22, shooting a perfect seven of eight from the line. Hunter is an interesting guy in deep leagues, you know, kind of low usage, up and down, but with all the injuries to the Hawks, if you're in a 14-team deeper league, I'm not mad at you if you picked him up and if you're just streaming him for some low-end value. 11 points, 3 steals, 2 rebounds on 4-9 shooting. Gave you two threes tonight, so I love that he can um, give you some three-pointers. I think that's great. Uh, Jabari Parker with 11 points, 4 steals, 1 block. The defensive stats, that's nice to see from him tonight. Not really known to provide you uh, good defensive stats. 1 assist, 8 rebounds, 5 of 16 shooting. So the shooting wasn't super great, not efficient there. Um, Cam Reddish, 13 points, 3 steals, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. Another guy that could be worth streaming uh, with all the injuries to the Hawks. Other, The other thing too is I feel like with the Hawks getting blown out as much as they do, they really unleash some of their youngsters in Hunter and Reddish and some of their other youngsters that they got to see a lot of minutes when they get blown out and it's like halfway through the fourth quarter, all their starters mostly are sitting on the bench. So um, let's see. You know, I'm really interested off Jones, who's starting at, who was starting at center. Uh, but uh, the usage is so low in 26 minutes only took three shots for four points but um, I'm going to keep an eye on him in some deep leagues but it's not really happening for him off the bench man not too much to talk about it's kind of ugly over here Kurt um, on the Atlanta Hawks side other than Trey Young it's just not that much of course when John Collins comes back he's going to be solid and I still love Kevin Herter's outlook for the rest of the season hopefully he comes back soon he was just starting to come around finally when he got this shoulder injury so hopefully we see kevin herter back soon kurt what do you think of the atlanta hawks gosh adrian you really nailed it and trey young i love this guy so much i know you do too he's fun i have him a couple leagues you have him a couple leagues he's so fun to own and he had a down night the other night which is funny because he had 20 points and yeah. some odd assists 
But he really looks up to LeBron James, which I was hearing before the game. He apparently goes to LeBron James's camps. Wow. So he really wanted to prove himself tonight. He played 39 minutes. Obviously, he's going to be a complete steal, especially if you don't care about turnovers. Uh, if you're in an eight-cat league, you don't care about turnovers. If you're in a head-to-head league, you probably still don't care about turnovers because <laughs> you're shooting anyway. But, man, uh, Jabari, Jabari Parker, I have to be honest, I was not excited to pick this guy up, and I could have picked him up in so many leagues because I got that Woj bomb saying that uh, John Collins is out 25 games, and I I made maybe a dumb move. I picked up Bruno Fernando in a lot of leagues mm. thinking he had a shot. First guy off the bench, but nothing to see here. Only played 13 minutes. I think they have to find a way to play Jabari Parker and John Collins together because other than that, it's just Trey Young. So Jabari Parker has proved that he's worth throwing out there. Why not play Trey Young, Jabari Parker at power forward, John Collins at center, or, or some kind of mix of that. But that being said, let me talk about Jabari Parker for a second. He is, on averages in nine-cat leagues prior to tonight, number 62, so just outside fifth-round value, and number 47 on totals value. That is amazing. You're probably stoked if you picked him up. However, sell him. Call me crazy. You need to sell him because his value is not going to be higher than it is now. He normally gets points and rebounds, but he's been chipping in some steals, some blocks, some threes. You need to sell this guy while he still has relevance. Package him with somebody decent and, I don't know, target somebody who's really uh, underperforming like we talked about, maybe uh, Nikola Jokic or someone. I don't know. Deep leaguers, you need to keep an eye on Cam Reddish. And for me, even though he's – I don't know if he's a pickup anywhere. Gosh, I watched these Hawks the other night. Damian Jones. I was compl- I was a little unsure on where I had seen him before. Apparently, he played for the Warriors the last two years, so he's got two championships under his belt, which is pretty crazy for a guy as young as he is. And he only took three shots tonight. But this guy looks so good under the rim. And last night, he had four blocks. Tonight, he went only for four and four with one block. But this guy looks really, really good to me, Adrian. And I think if you're desperate for blocks, you want to stream some blocks. He averaged like one and a half, close to two in college. This guy looks really good. And I was so excited about Bruno Fernando. Damian Jones looks so much better, way better than Alex Lynn. Do not pick up Alex Lynn. Guys, we know what he does, and it's pretty much nothing. Adrian, what do you think about this Damian Jones guy? I love your take on Damian Jones, and you know I got to see him in person last night, and he just he just pops off, man, because he's so yeah. big and he's so athletic and he's just so active, and uh, I'm the, the you know Kurt, I think that's why I'm so surprised that when I see he played 26 minutes and only had four points with four rebounds, that's why I'm like. I'm just watch him every night because I'm expecting him to blow up kind of in the same vein as Rashawn Holmes and, you know, some of these other guys, um, these other bigs. And he just I see why you're so intrigued by him, because physically um, he looks like he should just be a monster stud big man. Uh, So I'm just going to keep watching him. I think there I would not be surprised if. 
at some point he puts it together and you know as you said len is in front of him len is just awful just he's trash he's just yeah just oh it's just over with alex len and then also too with no John Collins, it's less like they just don't have much options. Kurt, I, like you, thought that Bruno Fernando could be the guy when John Collins went down. I, like you, was more excited to take a shot on Fernando yeah. than instead. But just not happening with Fernando, which has also been surprising. And, you know, with such a lack of um, options on this team, I don't know how guys like Jones and Fernando really aren't thriving. So, you guys, let's just keep an eye on this situation. But in standard leagues, I don't think we need to make any kind of moves. Let's just see if these guys could um, eventually emerge as a nice option. Kurt, what went down on the Lakers' side of this game? With the Lakers, let me hit you, Adrian. So, Anthony Davis had 14 points, one rebound, kind of strange, five assists, Zero steals and five blocks, no threes. Um, I don't know all of the news on this game, but to me, that's suspiciously quiet for AD. One rebound. Um, you know, a lot of people say, and I, I myself was saying this coming into the season, the case with Anthony Davis is if he's healthy, you win your league. And... I thought he would do really well alongside LeBron. I thought LeBron kind of took the year off last year and because he knew they weren't making the playoffs. This year, they're shooting for the playoffs. You know, they're 11-2. and two. I thought both of these guys would feast because there's really nobody reliable after them. I'm, I'm not, I don't have any hope in JaVale McGee or Danny Green or KCP or Kuzma. Like, these, these two guys are the Lakers. Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And, man, AD has been very, very underwhelming this year. I took uh, Harden over him in a couple of leagues. I took Cat over him in a couple of leagues. And I'm just stoked about it. Like, he's maybe he'll turn it around, but he has been very, very underwhelming. Tell me your take on that in a second, Adrian. LeBron James, he's been surprising to me. 33 points. 12 assists, 7 rebounds, 6 threes, and 100% from the free throw line. Granted, it was just one for one. And he had zero, guys, zero turnovers from LeBron James. That's amazing. He's apparently playing point guard, and he's getting almost double-digit assists every game. So this guy, even though 35 years old, last time I checked, he was still in the first-round valuation for per-game and totals, 8-cat and 9-cat. So, great guy to own. I'm, I'm definitely a little disappointed if I own Anthony Davis. JaVale McGee, nothing to see here, 15 minutes. Danny Green, we know the story with him. He's going to be up, he's going to be down. He's going to be up, he's going to be down. You have to look at him at a, as a week-long or a month-long valuation. And today was one of his better games for 11 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, Two steals, two blocks, and three threes. And he did that in only 24 minutes. So, yeah, he's going to frustrate you. He's one of the streakiest guys in the league. But he's still usually just outside the top 100. So he's probably worth owning, depending on your league depth. He's probably worth owning in almost every league. KCP, 13 points, and not much else. Kyle Kuzma, 
he came off the bench today. 26 minutes, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 block, 3 threes. Kyle Kuzma gets... I don't, I've heard some people say that he's the next MVP, which is kind of laughable to me, honestly. But for me, he's really a points and threes kind of dude. But that is really what the Lakers need. Like, yeah, Danny Green starting and getting threes, but they really need Kuzma. They need this guy to succeed. I'm kind of surprised that he doesn't start over KCP unless they really, really want that scoring punch off the bench. So he's going to be mostly scoring in threes, but I think he's worth owning in standard leagues. Dwight Howard, two points, nine rebounds, three blocks, 24 minutes. Uh, him and JaVale McGee kind of trade back and forth uh, decent games. I don't think – I think all they're doing, honestly, is canceling each other out. In standard 12-team leagues with a 13-person roster, I don't think either of them is worth owning. Quinn Cook, I kind of was intrigued by him in the early season, thinking maybe he could do something. It's just not there. Rajon Rondo today played 24 minutes for 15 points. Kind of surprised me. Three assists and a steal. Two threes. Again, even though this line is serviceable, I'm not racing to pick him up anywhere. Alex Caruso had 11 points and not much else. And really, guys, besides... AD, LeBron, and Kuzma, I don't want to own anyone on this Lakers team. Uh, Adrian, who do you want to own out of these guys? The guys that you said, I agree with you. You know, uh, This is one of those teams kind of in the same vein as the Nuggets where they're so deep. Other than their studs, you really don't want to trust their second-tier players because – it's possible they just completely disappear. Uh, you know, Danny Green can have a great night and then completely disappear in the next night. They're missing Avery Bradley when he comes back. Here's another guy you throw in the mix. Uh, Rondo, Caruso. Um, you know, it's just tough. Now, you talked about Anthony Davis at the beginning of um, this Laker breakdown. And... It feels like Anthony Davis has been very underwhelming, but surprisingly, in nine category leagues, he's player number three in total value. So it just really goes to show you how good Anthony Davis is, is that even without these, you know, we're expecting giant popcorn lines like 30 points with 12 boards and a full line and even though we haven't seen a lot of that from Anthony Davis just really goes to show you how good he is uh Kurt I took in that hoop ball staff league I had the number one overall pick it was actually a really difficult decision this year having the number one pick I went Anthony Davis now I do slightly regret that because James Harden has been such a monster um and another like a, there's there's quite a few guys uh, who you could put in that mix. But, you know, if you have Anthony Davis, uh, just hang tight, of course. You know, I think he's going to finish the year easy, a top three guy. Um, as we said, you know, not even doesn't feel like playing that great. And right now he's a top three guy. So um, hang tight with Anthony Davis. Um, Kurt, I think that's it. Any closing thoughts on this game or any of the other games tonight? All, all I have... Adrian, is to stir the pot a little bit. 
AD, who most of us say, if he's healthy, you win your league. If you had AD right now, who would you easily trade for and accept for him? Because for me, if I had AD and you offered me Towns, easy accept. If you offered me Harden, easy accept. And if if you offered me Giannis, which I would not have said this in the preseason, I think he's an easy accept too. What would you do? I love all those guys you mentioned. I would have no problem. And let me throw one more guy that you didn't mention. Let's say you have Anthony Davis, and let's say you drafted a bunch of other centers who were just going off and going crazy. And let's say you're really short at point guard. Damian Lillard right now is the number two player in fantasy, and that doesn't look like a fluke. I mean, he could easily, you know, this is a guy we were just drafting right out, right outside of those top five guys. So we expected Damian Lillard to be a first round guy. I would have no problem if you wanted to move him um, for him as well. But I think other than that, that's about it. Those are the guys. And, you know, as I would have no problem moving Anthony Davis, but um if you have Anthony Davis and you do want to stick with him, I still think his outlook for rest of the season will be okay. Now, one of the things I, you could slightly worry about, the Lakers are like, I think, 11-2 and two or something like that. And the best record in the NBA, if they just keep rolling along here, you know, we could definitely see some shutdown risk oh, towards the man. end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another reason why if you want to sell high on Anthony Davis, I definitely don't got a problem with that. Kurt, another big evening, you know, only six games slate. We're recording over an hour and 30 minutes right now. So Are you serious? I'm not joking man when you and i get together it is guaranteed to be a a long show we just both love uh to talk but hey you know there's nothing wrong with that this is this is a podcast for the fantasy listeners we're supposed to be talking so um kurt any closing thoughts before we wrap a bow on this where can the listeners find you at absolutely adrian again Thank you for sitting in with me and listening to all my rants. Listeners, we love having you guys. It's been amazing. You're the reason we do this. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter, on the Hoopball forums. You can reach me at Captain Canegis, C-A-P-T-C-A-I-N-E-G-H-I-S. It's probably also in the description for the video. Again, we just love having you guys. You are the reason we do this. Thank you for being here with us. And Adrian, it's so fun talking to you, man. I feel like we could talk for hours. Like, considering this was a small slate, only six (laughs) games, and we still talked for an hour and a half, man, it's been so much fun. If you guys like listening to us, we're here every Sunday. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on the forums. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. What are we missing that you guys would like to hear us talk about? All right, you guys. We are getting out of here. As Kurt said, thank you guys so much. Kurt, uh, I want to say ditto, man. I I really, truly, greatly enjoy talking to you every Sunday. I look forward to it, man. It's it's just a great way to start the upcoming week. And I'm just a little worried, man. On our next, like, 12-game slate, man, that could could be a long show. So we're going to have to figure out. Four hours. Like, on those long slate games we might have to find a way to uh cut it down but hey thank you guys so much uh we love doing the show for you guys so thank you guys all right we will talk to you next week have a good one
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.